Welcome to Eat Blog Talk, where food bloggers come to get their fill of the latest tips, tricks, and insight into the world of food blogging. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll provide you with the tools you need to add value to your blog, and we'll also ensure you're taking care of yourself because food blogging is a demanding job. Now, please welcome your host, Megan Porta. Food bloggers, don't forget to check out the food blogging forum style community that we started over at forum.eatblogtalk.com. Finally, there's one place that we can all convene and talk and that isn't scattered all over Facebook. Here are the things that I am loving about it. It is free. It also allows for categorized discussions on all food blogging topics And there's a category for sharing successes, aka self-promotion. So no more holding back about discussing your big wins and things that you're promoting. Also, everything is in one single spot. So no hopping around from group to group. And there's an amazing opportunity to network and really get to know your fellow food bloggers in a single place. So come join the discussions that are going on over at forum.eatblogtalk.com. And I hope you enjoy this as much as I do. Don't forget forum.eatblogtalk.com. As food bloggers, we want the best, most robust tools that can help us improve our ranking with Google. SEMrush is the way to go. It is an all-in-one marketing toolkit for those of you wanting to analyze SEO, get ideas for gaining more organic traffic, discover market insights, and reveal competitors' metrics. I have been using SEMrush for my own blog and have seen steady growth in my organic traffic. The tools and features offered inside are powerful and they work. Get a 14-day free trial with SEMrush when you use my affiliate link. Visit eatblogtalk.com forward slash resources to grab your link. SEMrush, the powerful tool that will change your SEO game. Hey, food bloggers. Welcome to Eat Blog Talk, the podcast made for food bloggers who are seeking value for their businesses and their lives. Today, Dustin Foos from StepsToMagic.com and I will be talking about how to overcome the entrepreneurial lonelies. Dustin has been an entrepreneur since 2011, starting a private walking tour company before switching to trip planning in 2016. With technology being an ever-changing adventure, it's been a balance between keeping content current and fresh in an industry where you're not walking down Main Street USA in the Magic Kingdom every morning. Dustin, before we get to the topic at hand today, give us a quick fun fact about yourself. Ooh, okay. So my favorite fun fact is when I was growing up, I actually went to seven elementary schools in seven years. Oh. Uh, My father uh, was with the the Walmart Corporation. So we were uh, switching from one company to another, and he would basically be in charge of setting up the store before moving to another city. So a lot of my entrepreneurial tendencies come from the idea of meeting new people constantly, kind of growing into yourself as a person, knowing that there's a very good chance that next year you'll just be moving and you have to find new friends anyway. And that was before like Facebook and, you know, social media where you could actually keep in contact with people. Right. Wow. That's crazy. So seven years, seven different places. I'm sure that that has maybe served you a little bit as an adult having to adapt so much as a kid. 
Oh, 100%. And uh, it actually is a, a great stepping stone into the business that I, uh, that I created uh, back in 2011 through into what I'm doing now. Uh, you know, meeting new people, kind of creating your own uh, journey and then figuring out, OK, what what actually makes me happy? And that's uh, that's been a big, a big part of my adult life. Wow, that's so cool how little things as children, they seem little, but actually can play huge roles later. So I love that. I'm glad that you chose that as a fact. That's very interesting. So that kind of plays in to what we're talking about today. And entrepreneurial loneliness is a very real thing. I sometimes feel like people who are not a part of the entrepreneurial world think we're big babies because most of us <laughs> so desperately want to get far away from the corporate world and we do anything to do that. And then once we make that happen, we actually start complaining about things like being lonely and other various things. But just because we choose this work situation over a different one does not discount the fact that we are alone much of the time and this can be kind of hard. So I would love for you to start, Dustin, just by talking to us about the evolution of the entrepreneur's journey because it doesn't start on a lonely path. No, usually it starts uh, with excitement. A lot of folks who, who become entrepreneurs usually have other jobs. So they'll, they'll start out in a role, maybe something that they went to school for or something that they fell into as a, uh, a young person and then, you know, kind of built their own strategies. So when I was in university and, you know, a young adult, I ran a blockbuster video. I was in Starbucks. I, I did a lot of just random things, event coordinator. So trying to find my own path. And after a while, you realize that a job is just a number and you feel like you're contributing to a business where at the end of the day, your paycheck never really fluctuates. You know how much you're going to make. And if you're working on a team, the people around you don't have a, a, a real sense into how to make the business bigger to affect your livelihood. We've kind of gone from one area to another in society because we, we no longer have that career job. Your sense of I'm going to be X, Y, and Z, and then that's the job you're going to for 30 years. That doesn't exist anymore. So I think we're, we're going into this battle where you almost have to be in business for yourself, if not full time or a, um, a side hustle. So and that that's big. That's huge. I think that contributes to the excitement of it. I personally love that. I love not knowing where my blog or my business is going to take me in the next handful of years. But I know that a lot of people don't like that. The people that liked the corporate jobs really like that predictability of like, this is what I'm aiming for and this is what I'm going to be in five years. But it is so trending in the direction of not doing that anymore. There are so many entrepreneurs and you mentioned this, like a lot of them are just doing it on the side because it gives them some some sort of fulfillment. I love the excitement of it personally. Oh, yeah. And there are a lot of people who are very good at becoming an entrepreneur, which by definition is you yourself focusing on building something and seeing where you're going to go from that. So it, it, a lot of people do classify it as entrepreneurship. It could also be classified as solopreneurship, which is you taking des uh, taking control out of the destination. Here, a lot of food bloggers are solopreneurs because they don't employ other people underneath them. 
I'm a big fan of that. I've been a solopreneur. I've also been an entrepreneur where you uh, pay other people to help you in your journey. And uh, you said it at the very beginning. It is very exciting because you've spent so many years, in my case, about uh, 10 years of trying to figure out what I want to do in life. And, you know, seeing that same paycheck each and every single week being like, I could do more. I, I'm making three to five million dollars for this business each and every single year. But yet my paycheck is only forty thousand dollars or fifty thousand dollars. And now we're getting to that point where those jobs don't even exist. So. Uh, being an entrepreneur is all about excitement. So yeah, you, you go out there and you're like, awesome, I'm going to create something myself. And then you hit your first hurdle. What do you do? And as an entrepreneur, as someone who is basically trained from a very young age to do this, my ideas go anywhere from consulting to, you know, writing about cupcakes to writing about, you know, Disney and Universal and trip planning and everything like that. But there's a sense where you still have to have that initial idea get so excited that only you can do it and then you do that and then you go into the sense of well how do you fulfill that that entrepreneurship goal and it could be a website it could be a podcast it could be you know an instagram account whatever you really want to do that's where you start with your stepping stones and your goals and your, you know, you write stuff down and you something that I'm a big fan of is the checklist lifestyle. It's basically writing down all your ideas and then fulfilling those ideas by creating content. Yeah, I like that. And one thing can lead to another leading to another, but you do kind of need that initial burst of passion and emotion, excitement to get going with it. But it's almost like addicting. Once you get in it, you're like, ooh, this is so fun. And you just like the world, the sky is your limit. I always say that because really there are endless possibilities in entrepreneurship. And in the corporate world, like you said, you get the exact same payment every so many weeks. And that gets boring. And I think that that's one of the main reasons so many people burn out in jobs, even if they are satisfied in the actual work that they're doing. It's like but I'm doing so much. I'm working so hard. I want to do more. I want to see more. And as soon as you start looking into your pay raises and you say that your, your pay is actually based on a percentage of your salary. And that that's where a lot of people really get into this whole thing of, well, if I'm getting paid based on a salary that was negotiated five, 10 years ago, and I'm never actually going to make as much as people who are in that same business in just a different company, there's a lot of uh, what's known as slingshots, where people will leave a company to get a pay raise just to come back to come in at a higher rank and a higher pay. That's when you start really looking at becoming an entrepreneur and knowing that there is a lot that goes into that business and that framework. Because let's be honest, if you are a, an entrepreneur, you're looking for that next paycheck, but it's not guaranteed. It also means you really get to think outside the box. One of my, my first entrepreneurial endeavor was uh, back in 2011. I created a, a company which was up here. Uh, I'm, I'm based out of Toronto, so it was called Live Toronto Private Walking Tours. And the idea was that your tour guide was your personal photographer. Every walking tour, you would start in the location, you get to go and see the sites. And along the way, instead of having to, you know, give someone your camera, 
your tour guide was in charge of making sure that you got those postcard backdrops. It was a great business. Uh, at the end of the day, you would always get a, a giant, you know, Dropbox full of photos from the experience. And it was a blast. But the issue came from the payment because you can only do so many tours a day. And you had to look outside that box and be like, OK, well, what happens when technology changes where people don't need DSLR cameras to get really great uh, photos? And then the invent of the selfie sticks. If everyone has the same phone, everyone knows how to take that photo. So iPhones are so prevalent, you don't need this type of business. So around 2015 or so, I started to see a downfall in people coming out on the tours and more just people wanting photos for LinkedIn and wanting photos for engagements and stuff like that. And I'm like, that's that's not quite what I started to go down the route because I love introducing people to new experiences. And it was attractions, it was food, it was everything under the sun. I loved being that ambassador for my city. I realized in 2016 that it wasn't quite what I was looking for because you could only do that experience probably six or seven months out of the year. Uh, and that's just due to weather. So outside of that, it's like, okay, well, now what? And then I looked into my past and I actually used to be a, a cast member with Disney down in Florida. And I was like, oh, this could be a really fun thing to go down that route and talk about my experiences. And I love food. I love attractions. Uh, my partner is vegetarian. I am not. So you have that really interesting uh, conversation when you're going and making dining reservations and going out and seeing, you know, the world by way of someone who doesn't eat meat and someone who can eat bacon with the side of bacon on top of bacon. So it's a different kind of a lifestyle. So yeah, it was a blast when I did that. But yeah, you're completely right. Excitement is in the beginning and you kind of hit that roadblock. It's either a couple of weeks in or a month in to say, am I actually doing what I want to do? That's a huge question that all of us ask, I think, repeatedly. I don't think just one month in. I think we all go through those cycles where we're like, wait, is this right? Because I think you touched on something really important while this is really exciting and fun, it's also scary because we don't always know that we're going to get paid. And a lot of us rely on like a single source or maybe even two sources of income. Well, oh my gosh, what if something happened to Google? Google's been doing all these updates recently that have just sent people off the deep end. They are panicking because they've lost like 20, 50, 80% of their traffic. So it's a very unpredictable world. <laughs> so we're constantly navigating through, you know, weeds. So while it is exciting, it is also scary. But I also wanted to mention that all of that that we've mentioned takes up valuable resources. And I think we spend so much more energy on just getting through than, say, our corporate world working counterparts because it's like a survival thing. Like, how am I going to survive? So we get depleted more easily. And that, I think, adds to just the cycle of like being lonely and feeling like nobody understands me. So do you have anything to add to that, Dustin? Being an entrepreneur is so misunderstood because we don't know how to define it in society. Uh, a lot of folks, when they say that they're an entrepreneur, they may get, well, what do you mean? Like I, you're taught from a young age to you're a firefighter, you're a male person, you're a, a an astronaut, you work at a bank, you 
but it's because you're defined by your career. We've kind of gone that way of anytime someone asks me what I do for a living, my answer is I write about cupcakes for a living. It's because I have multiple sources of, of income. And you brought it up, two, maybe three. My rule of thumb, anytime I'm talking to, to young entrepreneurs, so we're talking kids who are still in high school or university, my role as a mentor is to get them in touch with five sources of income. That's because, as you said, things change. And 95% of my traffic for StepsToMagic.com comes from Pinterest, 95%, which means as a photographer, I'm having a blast because things are changing and I'm always like, awesome, I have more photos. The issue that comes out is that Pinterest changes their algorithms, just like you said with Google, and it'll be cool to be in group boards one day and the next day hurt your ranking. And then the, the other thing that I'm having a lot of issues with right now is that I'll put out a piece of content and people will go in, save that piece of content, that pin, and then re-upload it and redirect it to a, a spam. And that's something that as an entrepreneur and as someone who is in this creative outlook, that can really hurt your creativity because you'll go through those, those steps and you say, well, if I'm gonna produce a piece of content that is incredibly excited that no one else has ever done, what happens when I post it and five minutes later, I see my exact article copy and pasted word for word on somebody else's website. It's killer. That <laughs> it's killer. It hurts your mindset. And the other thing that you brought up, and it's a very important thing, is that as an entrepreneur, you're also focused on your business so much more than anybody else. And that can hurt your friendships. It can hurt your relationships because your family and friends may think, oh, they're an entrepreneur. They're doing something awesome. And then you say, well, yeah, but it's it's a, a journey. You don't just start a job as an entrepreneur. You build it. And after you know a number of years, it's great when you start being like, awesome, this is all fine and dandy. But I don't know about you, but as an entrepreneur, people ask me how much I make a lot more than I did when I had a real job. Totally. Yeah. Or how? Like, that's what I get a lot. Like, how in the world do you make money? Nobody believes that I can make money. It's just like this weird thing, like entrepreneurship. It's just like something that people don't understand at all. And they, they're curious. So they start asking questions that you would never ask in another world. You would never say like, oh, how do you make money? How much do you make? Never. But it's like intriguing to them. And it's something that is so misunderstood. Well, absolutely. And I think the other thing that comes out is that as an entrepreneur, you are very good at fixing other people's businesses. And you're you're going to create these friendships where you're like, awesome, this person has a real job. And then you'll go in and be like, why don't you do it this way? Why don't you add this? And then you realize as an entrepreneur, this is what you do for a living. You solve problems that the outside world hasn't thought about. As soon as you make that step, it, it kind of creates a little bit of a, a battle in your own mind of, do I have fr these friends in my life to you know build me up or is it taking stress where you know if i'm talking to a friend about their business and they're just not seeing it the way that i am do you stop 
having those conversations. Oh, that's and such a I've good had point. I've that with family because a lot of my family, they've been in businesses for a long time. As I said, my father been with this same company for 30, I think 37, 38 years. And that's not something that happens anymore. But we get into those conversations where it just doesn't really match up with the different age brackets, which is funny because I know a lot of friends and family who are retired from their original careers who have become experts and entrepreneurs and podcasters in their second career. And they've already made more money combined than their 20 years or 25 years of working for a business. I see it all the time. I look around and I see people who have been in that like corporate, just very traditional setting forever. And their mindsets are so stuck on a certain thing. And then I love that you pointed out that some people can get out of that and actually start fresh as an entrepreneur. And then they make so much more money. It just opens up worlds. But you touched on something earlier, Dustin, that I wanted to talk about before we got too far into this. But you talked about how being an entrepreneur can separate you from your friends and family. And so much of what I do in the amount of energy that I expend and the sacrifices I make in certain areas of my life in order to keep on this path has so impacted my relationships. And it's a really tough topic for me because I think entrepreneurs are unique and that they think so differently and so focused. And at the end of the day, I swear I'm more tired than everybody else because I'm so in it. And it's hard to imagine thinking any other way. But we do need to have grace with our friends and family because even though we've been ignoring them for a season or longer, we really can't expect them to understand if they haven't experienced it themselves. So I do toe that line of being like really frustrated. Like, why would you ask me that? Why don't you understand how tired I am? Or, and then also just having grace with them. Like, of course they wouldn't because they've, they're not here. They wouldn't know. So all of that to say, this is definitely something I wrestle with often because I am choosing this life and loving it, but also willingly making sacrifices with relationships, which in turn makes it even lonelier, I think. Yeah. And you're you're completely right when you think about just the, the basics of, you know, having a relationship, being in a, uh, you know, me and me and my partner have been together for almost eight years now. And when you go out for something like a meal, it's a different connotation when you're a food blogger because you're like, no, 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 you can't eat that yet. I have to take a photo of it. <laughs> there are rules. Or, yeah, <laughs> there, there are rules. And then you also see the other side where there are folks within our industries, which are entrepreneurs, but also bloggers and classified as influencers or whatever people want to call us. That's perfectly fine. But there are folks out there who think that it's one way or the other. It's like all influencers are going to send out emails and ask restaurants for free food. They're going to ask hotels for free stays. That type of person where all they want is free, free, free. And then you have folks who are in business to make money understand that, no, you don't have to ask for free. But there is a way to work around points and to work around things like media uh, stays and media rates where money is still changing hands, but it's almost like going and getting a discount. I think there, there are certain things that go into that lifestyle, which is basically living an online lifestyle that folks see one part of your life. They don't see everything that goes on when no one is around. And that 
either thousands of lines of, you know, Google Docs or all the emails he'll send out. And you're going through that right now with becoming a, you know, a podcaster with influence is that people want to have that conversation with you as well as create an understanding with your audience. And you have to create that sense of being that gatekeeper, getting those emails saying, hey, I don't think this is the right fit or I just don't think that will gel with my audience. That is different on, you know, the and you mentioned how many 60 like we're past 50 episodes of your show. That's different now versus when you were five or six in. It's a different kind of way. And I'm seeing it with my my other show, uh, the We Like Theme Parks podcast, because we go on, we talk about theme parks and it's great. But everyone thinks, oh, I've been to Disney World once. I can talk about, you know, everything with with skill. And then you're like, well, there's a difference between becoming an expert and being an influencer and someone who just goes on vacation that thinks that everyone has the same level of budget that you may have and the the access and that kind of thing so it's it's a fun way to look at the differences between being an entrepreneur and being someone who is just making money with life yeah that is so true i like that you pointed out that difference because it is definitely there i have friends who actually send me emails from uh the forbes.com and all all the like inc.com where there are folks who are from the hotel and restaurant industry complaining about influencers asking for free stuff. And you're just like, but there's a level that goes into being an entrepreneur, which is I want to create partnerships. Partnerships doesn't have to include money changing hands. Some of the best partnerships out there are access for access and organizations, hotels, you know, even the best hotels, they'll go out and they'll try and find uh, influencers. And I'm a big fan of uh, Casey Neistat on YouTube. And we know for a fact that he has been paid tens of thousands of dollars for brand deals. And it's because the brands want content and Casey wants content. So it's like, awesome. you have two people going for the right thing. And if people come out of the woodworks and say, oh, he shouldn't be charging or look at how much money. No, that's life. And if people want to pay for for influence and pay for, you know, people on their Instagram feeds and everything, well, that's their business mindset. They're allowed to do that. Yes. And it is different for everybody. It's so unique for each influencer. And like you were mentioning, there are different levels. Like when you're just starting out, it's so different. And if there's a brand that wants to sponsor you or do a trade, then that is fair. I don't see why people get so worked up about that. Um, also I just wanted to point out the word entrepreneur. Don't you feel like, I don't, maybe this has changed, but I feel like in the past that word was associated with unemployed or like struggling, or I just remember watching TV. I think it was a reality show and they had like the person's name and then below they would have their profession. And every time I saw the word entrepreneur, this was before I became one myself, I'd be like, Oh, loser. He doesn't have a job because I just assumed like, Oh, he didn't have anything else to put there. But I think people still associate that. So we have to break through that mold too. And it's almost like we, have to make a case for ourselves as entrepreneurs. Like if, if we actually say I'm an entrepreneur, we have to explain, well, what does that mean? And how do you make money? And like, it just, that can't be it. So I feel like we need to come up with a new word or something. Yeah. 
So you're you're bringing up a very uh, topical conversation that's happened within the food industry recently. The difference between vegan and vegetarian and plant based. So recently, Disney World and Disneyland brought out a uh, a full menu dedicated to plant based dining. And if you notice, it doesn't say anything about vegan or vegetarian because they understand that plant based is actually a health conscious verbiage. Vegan and vegetarian have been labeled as a specific style of food, usually not edible, usually very low in, you know, very salad based, salad followed by salad on top of a salad and the same burgers. And it's like, no, there, there's so much more that you can do. But it's because Disney realized that with the, the changing of verbiage, plant-based can still have folks who are vegetarian, vegan, but it can also bring people who are carnivores and omnivores and all these, these other different boars together because food can be amazing with or without certain context. And I think that you hit it on the head because anytime I say, I write about cupcakes for a living and I don't use the word entrepreneur, I get away with it. No one cares. And the other thing that comes up, and it's something that I, I would love to just kind of bring up, if you ever need to go the other way and you have to go from being an, an entrepreneur into finding a job for whatever reason, it could be mortgage related, it could be health related, it could be, you know, I want to build up my, my bank uh, account because entrepreneurship is very expensive. Um, explaining to folks who have never been an entrepreneur what you do for a living is utterly impossible. impossible. I was just going to say that impossible. <laughs> yeah. And you're, you're going out there like, um, uh, like on my LinkedIn, for example, I'll say I'm an entrepreneur. I have these websites and everything. And people will be like, Oh, you mean like a blog? And I'm like, no, no, no. So online content creation, it's marketing, it's, you know, everything on social media, it's all these different things. And they're like, yeah, but you haven't worked for anyone. I need references. And you're like, my references are my page views. And like on, on TripAdvisor, you go on there and you're like, look at all these five-star reviews. Yeah, th that's a better reference than whether or not some, my boss is able to give me a reference. And you did it all yourself. Exactly. And another thing that we've come into this world of, and it's something that I'm dealing with right now um, with, with a couple of friends of mine, is that when they're going through and looking for jobs, whether or not you're coming from another uh, industry or being an entrepreneur and someone's asking for references, most companies don't give references anymore because of legal ramifications. So as an entrepreneur, your best reference is your portfolio, which is your website. So there's a lot that goes into kind of growing your lifestyle as an entrepreneur, knowing that you don't always have to be an entrepreneur and you don't have to just focus on one stream of income. You can have responsibilities that come up in life. Just know that the loneliness of being an entrepreneur doesn't mean that you can't ask for help. I think we do get stuck in that feeling like we can't ask for help because it does get so lonely. And it's really hard to explain all of this to other people. Do you have recommendations for that, Dustin? Like, how do we talk to friends and family or uh, people in our lives who don't understand? And we get frustrated with that. But how do we talk to them in a way that's productive? It is very difficult to to kind of have that conversation because of your own personality. 
Are you an introvert or are you an extrovert? Do your family understand what you do or are you asking for something that they may not understand? And how do you have those conversations? At the end of the day, you're looking at conversations that are so important to have and the best way to have them is just have them. Don't stop getting in your own head. And I think that's something that as an entrepreneur, you're so lonely because you feel as though you're not able to share your ideas for fear of someone else taking your your content, your ideas, your multi-million dollar you know, thing. You're just like, if I tell one person, that's it, it's gone. We don't need to live in that world. So if you are looking for help, if you are trying to create that, that connection with family members or friends, bring them in. And if they don't understand that, that's perfectly fine. Don't judge them based on something. Uh, that they may not understand. You may be able to have your entrepreneurship friends and then you know what? You have your basketball friends and they're friends who, you know, you get together and you watch basketball with them or you'll go out and be like, you know what? I'm a food blogger, but there is one food that will always bring people together and it could be cupcakes. It could be ice cream. It could be bubble tea. It could be something that you're just like, no, this is what everyone will enjoy. And all of a sudden people will see like, oh, this is what you do. You go and eat, you take photos, and then you talk about them. Well, I can help with that. And anytime someone offers help, then you bring them in further. So there is something to be said about the loneliness, but loneliness is really just on your own shoulders, and it's about prioritizing your relationships. Because wow, that's good. On, that's good. <laughs> well, what what are you going to put on your tombstone? And I know it's really sad to think about that, but no one really says, oh, he was a great entrepreneur. <laughs> no, he was a family guy. He was a, you know, a, a great friend. Final words. Hey, watch out. Watch me do this or that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. you got to have fun with it and know that entrepreneurship, it can be very daunting. But that's only because you're taking so much on your shoulders that other friends around you may be able to help. That's such a good point. I have a really hard time with this and I don't always look at it like that from that perspective, but it's so true. And it is on our shoulders to take responsibility for how we're treating our relationships and how we're explaining our businesses and, you know, how letting people in, how we let people in. So I love that perspective, Dustin. That is so unique and it just gives me something new to think about. I loved what you touched on earlier about bringing people in. If there's somebody in your life that you really want to understand what you're doing, then bring them in. Bring them into the business. Let them come over for a filming day and watch, you know, whatever, whatever that means. But I, I like that idea because I personally have like, you know, parents, for example, my parents, and I think this applies to a lot of people around my age, have no idea really what I do. I mean, they kind of have a general scope, like Megan's a food blogger. She takes pictures. She makes a lot of recipes, and that's as far as it goes. But I think it would be really interesting to bring them into my life on a day that was not any of that and let them see, like, this is really crazy and really intense, and, like, it's not just me sitting... It, with my laptop on my couch, blogging every day for a few hours. It's so different. And I, I'm in the same boat actually with being a travel writer is that most of my time isn't on location. 
So when I'm down at Walt Disney World or Universal Orlando or anything like that, I may take 10,000 photos a day and I may walk 35,000 steps per day, but that's in a small window of time. So when I get home, I have a lot more uh, you know, content to go through in my life. Basically, when, when people think about, oh, travel blogger, it must be really nice. No, it's about scrolling through thousands upon thousands of photos and dreading the fact that you took a certain photo at a wrong angle. <laughs> it doesn't fit in a certain piece of content that you're trying to put out there. And let's be honest, in today's day and age, we are very visual and you can have the best content possible. But if people can't discover it, well, that goes back to you being a, a good photographer. And so, yeah, there, there's a lot that goes into being an entrepreneur and definitely bring people in. Now, the thing that I will stress is that don't be afraid to have people go out either, because I've brought people in in the past and we all have to be like, hey, you would get a kick out of this. It's absolutely incredible. I know you're going to be starting a family soon. It'd be a really great thing to have an external source of income. And all of a sudden people start thinking like, oh, what is this like multi-level? Is this, is this a pyramid scheme? Are you wanting me to sell Avon or whatever? All of these different, you know, being a tea salesman or we're going to go into houses and people are going to like Tupperware or whatever. And it's like, well, <laughs> oh, we live in a different world where we're just trying to showcase that being an entrepreneur is also having a side hustle. And if you can write a piece of content that could make you over time a certain number of, you know, a certain dollar percentage or whatever it is, if I could add to your life, then why wouldn't you do that? And I've had people who come in and they're like, you know what, it's a great idea. It's not for me. And I'm like, that's awesome. I'd rather you tell me that so that way I know not to bring you in or not to talk about all these different things. I still value your friendship, but just know where those relationships are. And also realizing that there are people out there who do want into your inner core for reasons that may not be evident at the very beginning. So that does happen. And it's not every single person who sends you an email and be like, oh, this would be an incredible partnership. And then you realize, oh, their significant other is a, you know, an affiliate manager for this company. And the reason why they wanted to get in was to see your business model. It's like, all right, I get it. But just know when to bring people in and also have two different types of friends where you have your work friends and you have your outside friends. Uh, the other thing that I wanted to, to really bring up is having a mentor and having someone that you just talk to about entrepreneurship stuff who know how to live as an entrepreneur. They'll be able to kind of guide you through your thoughts. And it's, it's similar to going to like a therapy or, you know, having a live Instagram account. Uh, putting ideas out there is actually really interesting, but there's sometimes where you just want to be like, am I on the right track? And mentorship is huge in the entrepreneurial journey. There's an entrepreneurial idea for you right there. <laughs> Psychology for entrepreneurs who need <laughs> little downtime and to get things off their chest. So it's the next, the, the follow-up to Frasier. Yes, exactly. Oh my gosh, you're onto something, Dustin. 
Oh, yeah. Multi-million dollar idea. Yeah. <laughs> want, want it, feel free. Have fun. Another side hustle for you. Um, I just wanted to touch on this, too, because you mentioned like having two different types of friends. I think that's so true, not just in being an entrepreneur, but in life. There are certain friends that you just know you can't broach certain subjects with, right? There are certain subjects that I do not talk about with my parents because I know th- there's no point. And it's just it's like that with every set of friendships that you have because different people have different values and different beliefs and like different understandings of what's going on. So I think you as an entrepreneur need to kind of feel that out, feel out who's up for talking about this, who is open, who's not. And then you just kind of respect that. You respect those boundaries and you just, yeah, go from there. Yeah. And just know that not everything is a dollar amount. I think a lot of people are just like, well, as an entrepreneur, I'm an entrepreneur now, so everyone around me has to support me no matter what. And that isn't quite the case. So definitely find your own voice, find your own business, but also know that people around you, your family, your friends, they they love you for who you are. There is a sense of loneliness where you can't be open about certain things, but just know that entrepreneurship is about growing as a person but it's also an industry. It is something that there is a definition to what an entrepreneur is. And it's not just how many followers you have on Instagram or how many hundreds of posts you have on your website. It's about being a better person, but also knowing that the economy is so flexible, you never quite know whether or not everyone will have a job tomorrow. So if you can create your entrepreneurial journey by starting something that's small and maybe it is something where you you're just going out and raiding you know bubble tea places in in your backyard or having conversations with you know what i i really like steak but i think there's something to be said about roasted cauliflower bites and then going out and finding all the places in your backyard to become that top 10 specialist and know that there is a level of tourism and hospitality that goes into every business that you really have to think long term. Being an entrepreneur is about growing your network. I'm a big fan of growing my network. So if anyone does have any questions or anything like that, I think opening up that door is a huge thing. But just know that you're not alone. And diversifying, I think, is a smart way to run your business because like you talked about, things are very unpredictable and you just never know what's coming with the economy, et cetera. You could go on and on. But it's also a way to open up the doors for relationships and keep that loneliness at bay. I think that adding people to your network is a really good way to stay sane and also to just like stay on top of that and not get sunk in the pit of entrepreneurial despair. Yeah. And don't worry about page views. Seriously, just just that that's the one downfall of the world. Don't worry about page views. They will come back. <laughs> yes, I know. It's so true. It's hard in the moment, though, right? Like you, you see it and you're like, oh, this is the worst day ever. But you have to step back. And I always use this analogy, like see the big puzzle and know that someday you are going to take a step back and you're going to be able to see that that was a part of your story. But it's in the moment. It's so hard to do that. Yep, absolutely. But if you ever do want to write a book, you know, it's easier than ever. So just keep in mind, chapters are being written every day. I love that. Chapters are being written every day. 
That's a t-shirt right there. That is a t-shirt. <laughs> Another side hustle for you, a t-shirt business. <laughs> oh, I already have one. It, it's great. Fun. Oh, there you go. <laughs> you got to have five. So you have your your content on your your website. You can have side deals with, you know, people creating, you know, different candles and t-shirts and everything like that. And keep in mind that there are always more revenue streams if you ask for help. And if you, what I like to do is if there's a website that I really love buying off of and I like what they're doing, I scroll down to the bottom. And if there's a little thing called affiliates, just click on that. And then, hey, you never know. You could always get a a commission check for buying stuff that you were going to buy anyway. Oh, so true. That's such an easy thing that we overlook, especially when we're just starting out. And then we start realizing that all of these opportunities are just sitting there waiting for us to grab hold of them. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about just the fact that the work is never done, which is another, in my opinion, another contributor to the loneliness because our to-do lists literally, I mean, literally go on forever and ever and never end. And if we're not careful, we rarely come up to breathe. So how do you recommend forcing a pause on the to-do list once in a while so that we can pay attention to other things and people in our lives? So this is what's called uh, distracting yourself. Because uh, when you're an entrepreneur and you're getting into this world of becoming excited and like, oh, this is going to be great. I can do all of these things. Write them down right then and there. Because You're never going to be as excited as you were on day one. But as you're going through this process, don't be afraid to really think outside the box and know, hey, if other people are writing this type of content, if other people are doing this, well, then maybe this isn't something that you should be focused on. So definitely coming up for air is a big thing. Become distracted become a fan of multiple things where you really can't just be stuck in in that checklist lifestyle. I'm a huge fan of checking things off and celebrating the successes, even if if it's something small. So for me, anytime I write an article, I celebrate by doing a a pin, a new piece of content, because for me, the downfall is the written side because I have so many ideas that I'm like, how can I bring this top 10 list into a top five list? And then it's like, okay, well, what happens when things change? What happens when news? So I celebrate the successes with something like scrolling through my photos or scrolling through ideas. And if you're a physical, like I have to have something as a reward, pick something that is cheap enough that won't hurt your health. I say this because cupcakes are a very good idea, but if you're really productive in the beginning, that's a lot of cupcakes. (laughs) Your body might not to be so thankful. Yeah, so definitely think uh, about what would be something that would gravitate towards that carrot on a stick and go and do it. But you're completely right with having a, a checklist and you know always having your head down and always focusing on that. That's completely natural. That's something that's what people do when they're excited. Take advantage of that because that pendulum will change. It may change within a week. It may change within a month. But something will come into your life that will distract you from that. And it's always best to have what I like to call drafts in the inbox. What I do is when you're, you know, really like in that mentality, it could be at two o'clock in the morning, write down an idea, send it to yourself in your inbox. And then the next day, drag it into a folder. So when you're feeling down and you feel like 
you know, I just need to do something that's exciting. You're actually reading a topic that you may not have been fully conscious for. And it's really funny. So that's something I like doing. And the other thing is obviously just know what other people are doing. And I think too much of entrepreneurship is focused around competing. And I don't think that there that the internet has been solved yet. There's enough content and enough space out there that we could both have our top five cupcakes at Disney Springs uh, article because I don't think they'll be the same. Everybody creates differently and sees things differently. You are going to take totally different pictures than I am. You're going to have different angles. You're going to have different words to say. And I think that's a really important thing to point out to food bloggers because there's so many of us. So just knowing that your voice is so unique, your take on any type of recipe is unique because you're you and nobody else can do things the way you do. Yeah. And we've had that conversation on the We Like Theme Park show. Uh, We have a segment called Worth It. And it's basically exactly what a BuzzFeed does, where they'll be like, hey, is this actually worth it? And it's less about the, the, the overall concept of, you know, did you have fun? It's more, no, did you spend the money correctly? And my favorite thing that I talk about, and this is me being a Disney fan, but also a food fan, there's a restaurant down at Disney World called Victoria and Albert's. And it's at the Grand Floridian, and starting per person is $250 for a 10 course meal. It's amazing. It's seasonal. So that means that we will all have different uh, meals. They'll actually do customized menus. Incredible stuff. It's, it's one of my favorite things to talk about. But I have friends who have gone down, eaten there, and said it was the, the biggest ripoff of their entire adult life. And it's like, well, you have to go into being an influencer knowing that you're never going to appease everyone. And please, please, if you can take one thing from this conversation, outside of the fact that being an entrepreneur is very cool and very good for your bank account, um, don't read the comments. Please don't do it. Don't, don't do it. You're, you're asking for, for people to come out of the woodworks, will not sign their name, but will say that you have no value in life, that the reason why this show could be great is if you leave it. Um, I'm trying to think of the last one that I read. Oh, um, that everyone else who, ha- who has a-, a podcast is worthwhile in life except for you. Keep in mind, don't listen to comments and just do you. Have fun with you. And if you want to create a a nerd circle of people who are like in the same realm of you and have that same excitement, they're not competitors. They can be your best friends and your best allies. And your cheerleaders and the people you can lean on for so many things. I think that's really important to point out that you do need that circle of like whatever your um, form of nerdiness is. Find those people. And, and don't listen to the comments. Don't, don't go into the YouTube comments. Don't listen to Twitter. Just delete Twitter. Facebook <laughs> is fine as long as your mom doesn't send a, a note to every single post that you put saying, that was great. I love you. Just, just know that the world is bigger than that. Love Instagram. Just know that there, there is a world besides scrolling through other people's photos. Create your own ideas, create your own excitement and have fun with it. Just please 
stop listening to comments. Oh, I wish I would have listened to this or I wish I would have talked to you a few years ago. I had never looked at my YouTube comments until I, it was like two years ago. And I was like, oh, people can leave comments on here. So they they left me these just nasty, like you would not believe. And it was over a goulash recipe. Goulash pasta created anger. And I mean, it was really bad to the point where I had to delete some because it was ugly. So I I think that is the greatest advice ever, Dustin. Do not read the comments. And if you do, don't take them personally or have someone else do it for you. Or create content by them and film yourself reading your own comments and put it on Instagram. And that will go crazy. Oh, yeah. Because people will be like, oh, they actually listen. That's why over on, I think it's Jimmy Fallon that does mean tweets. And you're just like, all you have to do as an entrepreneur is know that, oh, someone went out of their way to tell me that I'm a horrible human being because I said that you shouldn't stay at the Disney All-Star Resort because the last time we stayed, it just wasn't a pleasant experience and you can get a better value at the Holiday Inn Disney Springs. Like... (laughs) That's know, so awful. <laughs> know that there are people out there. And yeah, this this is one of those things that when you're in your bubble and you know that there are people around you who are kind of in the same bubble, know why they're yeah. making those comments. Do they have friends and family who are purposefully like, do they work for an organization? Do they, is this something that they've done their entire lives? Like just don't read into comments too much. Just know that they're there and if they were if people who are leaving comments were actually you know creative they would be doing it themselves oh absolutely that's a great point podcast sending you a note being like hey remember that comment that i last it said that you ruined their last disney vacation tip before because you you gave them the wrong time for something well they now have a podcast and they want to have you come on so they can talk about how wrong they were yeah that'll never happen yeah right don't exactly. go down that route. Yes. Greatest advice ever. So we're running out of time, but I did want to ask you one last thing because loneliness can kind of go hand in hand with winter. And I live in Minnesota. So, and you're in Canada, right? I don't know what yeah. winters are like for you, but winters here can Very be similar. <laughs> brutal. So these are the months that I just prepare myself and I I just remind myself that I need to get outside of my work world once in a while in order to stay sane and see the sunshine when it's out and combat that loneliness, uh, which gets compounded by snow and cold and winter and being stuck inside. So do you have advice for me for those lonely winter months? Yes. Um, Winter months are perfect for creating top 10 lists uh, that are designed around things that will put a smile on your face. Some of my best articles came from the winter time and usually they involve hot chocolate as a, as a food blogger, as someone who is, you know, we have seasons where we live, there are hot months and there are cold months. Planning during the off season is great. Looking ahead to ways within your business is also a great thing. Um, The number of new businesses that I have created in November and December, because GoDaddy is having a sale on Black Friday or Squarespace is having a sale on Black Friday, and you're like, awesome, I can get a deal. That's usually when the best ideas start coming 
And also know that the winter is a great time to create friend environments and friends like game nights where you bring people that you haven't really talked to for a while because of whatever like timeliness uh, and being in season and that kind of thing. Just invite people over and, you know, sit, sit around a table with hot chocolate and a game of Settlers of Catan and everyone will be happy unless you you're playing Monopoly. Don't play <laughs> Monopoly. That's when fights happen. Real fights. Oh my gosh. Every you- time my boys get upset with each other and with me and it's a nightmare every time it's I say no. To do with Monopoly. So don't do it. Uh, and just, just have fun with it and know that, you know, we all go through it's, it's called seasonal depression for a reason. And it's because it's cold outside and we don't see the sun. So go out, have fun, do your top 10 list for the best, uh, hot chocolate places in your backyard doing, uh, (laughs) thinking into the summertime and doing photos of you doing like snow angels and knowing that you can post this in July is a really funny way to get through the day. And another thing, just being an entrepreneur is knowing when you have downtime, that's when you should be doing your back of house things. So that's things like going through your website, updating your tags, updating your tags and categories, changing out photos, creating a new look for your website, and just creating these partnerships because January and February are when most businesses are going through their downtimes. So you should be creating your partnership emails in that time and reaching out to people that are working in these businesses who are PR managers and marketing managers because that's when they have downtime. This is such a great perspective because I think we all get into that rut where we think that we always have to be creating. Like every season should be a season of creating and that is not the case. There are seasons for a reason in life and in months. I mean, like there's lunar cycles and there, I mean, there's cycles everywhere you look and that is for a reason. There is a time and a place for winter and that also means a time and a place for restoring relationships, getting rejuvenated, brainstorming, coming up with ideas. You mentioned doing kind of back end work and those are the things that we can focus on. And I love that. And something that I've never thought about that you mentioned was just using that time as a way to re-engage with your friends who you've been ignoring for three seasons. (laughs) Because, because I do, I, I've, I, this year started a podcast. So I've been extra in it with blogging and podcasting duties So I have had a particularly difficult year as far as navigating relationships because people don't get it. Like, where are you? Where have you been? So I can use this winter to restore some of that and let them know that, yes, I love you. I have not fallen off the face of the earth. So I just really appreciate that perspective. No, absolutely. And it's something that, honestly, I have to record myself saying and putting it into a future podcast because we do get into those ruts. And it's being an entrepreneur isn't about being positive all the time. So know that we all have downtime. We all have negative experiences and your friends and family see that they're, they're not oblivious to your, you know, roller coaster of emotions. Just know that there are people out there that you can reach out to. And even if it's something as simple as like 
me saying to your audience, hey, if you have any ideas, leave a comment. No, don't leave a comment. Send us an email. No, don't do that. Um, just, just do it. Do something. Do something creative and have fun with it and tag us. There you go. Tag us on Instagram. It's a lot easier um, because then we know that you've done something and just know that like we're all just going to have fun and the entrepreneurial journey will have their ups and downs, but the best of your friends, so people around you who know you for you, won't judge you on one decision or another. So just have fun with it and know that there's this is life and life changes. And if you make mistakes, own up to them, but just have fun with it. And please just go and eat another cupcake. <laughs> that is always the answer. I have to tell you a funny story when my boys were younger. I don't know where they got this, but every time I would say, guys, what do you want for dinner? They would say cupcakes. <laughs> so that's now a running <laughs> joke in our family. So every time I ask them, and they're older now, like 9 and 12. So yeah. if I ever say, guys, what do you want for dinner? And they're like, we want cupcakes. So cupcakes are a theme in our house as well. I haven't been alone for a while. Yeah. I, I've had <laughs> Everyone loves people. cupcakes. Hey, well, and keep in mind that with uh, cupcakes, there are different styles. And there's vegetarian, vegan. There's, I almost said normal. That's not normal. It's just different dietary restrictions have different ideas. But know that there are different sizes. If you ever wanted to go down to Disney World, there is a cupcake ATM at Sprinkles. So any place that there are Sprinkles in the U.S., I think there's also one in New York City, two in New York City. Cupcake ATMs are the future. That's so, heaven right there. Exactly. Just have fun with it. And I think the thing that I'll, I'll leave out is as a food blogger, as a creator, there are so many things that you could be doing. Don't listen to your comments. I, I have to say this again because... There's a lot of naysayers. And as someone who does reviews, I can't remember the last time that I went on TripAdvisor or Yelp and left a positive review because I had a great experience. Usually you go on and you review when you have the worst experience. So true. So live life to your own, you know, uh, boundaries and just have fun. Great words to end on. Thank you, Dustin, so much for being here. I really appreciate this. This was a really fun conversation. I kind of let the time get away from me, but it was very enjoyable and just flowed. So I just really appreciate your time today. Dustin has a list of resources relating to today's topic. These can be found on his show notes page at eatblogtalk.com forward slash Dustin F. Dustin, tell my listeners the best place to find you online. Sure. So I'm all over the place. I'm at stepstomagic.com. Uh, I have a couple of podcasts, so I'm over at the We Like Theme Parks podcast, as well as the Universal Joint podcast, which is a uh, part of the Jim Hill Media, talks all about Universal Studios. Uh, so I'm over there. And obviously, I'm on Instagram, you know, Steps to Magic, We Like Theme Parks, and my own stuff, Dustin Foos. Awesome. And again, don't read the comments. <laughs> thank you, Dustin, for being here again. And thank you for listening today, food bloggers. I will see you next time. We're glad you could join us on this episode of Eat Blog Talk. For more resources based on today's discussion, as well as show notes and an opportunity to be on a future episode of the show, be sure to head to eatblogtalk.com. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll be here to feed you on Eat Blog Talk.